You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Mary, we're worried. Our hearts are filled. We're watching uh, what's going on in Israel and in Gaza. Uh, Joe Biden's trip there, the terrible destruction of the hospital in Gaza, that's filling a lot of space. And is, is clearly, in terms of the human cost, the most important. But we're also, I mean, as we're getting ready to record, uh, the Republicans are about to take uh, take another vote uh, for the speaker to see if Jim Jordan can get enough votes. And people can say that I'm too obsessed with Donald Trump, but I think somebody who is such a serious threat to democracy deserves a little obsession. And something that struck me today is both in terms of Israel, in terms of Ukraine, and even in terms of the uh, election of a speaker, you know who's not a player in any of those? Donald Trump. Yeah, it's I, the incredible shrinking Trump. It is. Good and, you word. know, actually, when you talk about the House of Representatives, you know, he came out for Jordan. And even a year ago, maybe, you know, a, 18 months ago, him doing that would have ensured Jordan's victory. And now I think that there those 20 Republicans and there will be more today are like Donald Trump. OK. You know, I think his relevance um, is is shrinking. That's to use that word again. It's diminishing. And I think the speaker's vote is a good indication of that. Well, and I think this is both important and potentially very good for the good guys. Donald Trump has been a lot of things. He has been ignorant. He's been loudmouth. He's been stupid. He's been disruptive. He's been insurrectionist. But the thing he's never been is marginalized. Right. And I wonder, does that, even with this fabled base that he has, as he becomes the great shrinking Trump, does that just take him out of importance in this equation? Am I daydreaming too much? I I don't know about that. I mean, time will tell. But it does appear, and, and the crazier he gets, the crazier things he says, the less important they seem to be. They're not being amplified in the way that they have been in the past because there's no room, John. The news, um, the news media who has, who has amplified it, in a sense, given oxygen to Trump from the very beginning, doesn't have time, space, or mental uh, capacity for the Trump show right now. I think part of that is Israel-Gaza. Part of it is the existential threat to the United States of what's happening in the House of Representatives right now, because you cannot run a government without the, without a Speaker of the House. And we don't have one because of the, the disarray and the craziness in the Republican Party caused by Trump. But I just heard um, John Kasich talking about a congressman who's from Ohio, 
Dave Joy. So he would be uh, like Ashtabula County, Lake County, uh, Cuyahoga, part of Cuyahoga County. I think. Far, far northeast. Far northeast. And um, he's a very old school standard Republican, a very conservative guy, but a practical guy who cares a lot about his constituents. I was surprised and a little disappointed yesterday that he voted for Jordan, but the word is he is not voting for Jordan now. So that tells you, one, he's not afraid of Trump in a very Trumpy part of the state of Ohio. And second, he and I think another group of Republicans are like, listen, we have to get back to a normal place. One, because we can't, we will never win the House of Representatives again if we keep this stuff going. Two, he's part of the Ohio delegation and he knows that Jim Jordan is not a good, he's not a leader and he doesn't have the, the ability to negotiate and to act cooperatively. And that's what this world is demanding. Because don't forget, it's not just Israel, but it's also what's happening in Ukraine. And it's also the the demands of um, funding and operating and governing a country as big and complex as the United States. And what the Republicans have shown is they don't have the capacity to do that. And so if they don't have the capacity to do that, they and their leaders will become irrelevant. They absolutely will be. And I'm going to add to your list, uh, Israel is on all of our minds Ukraine should be on all of our minds. And looming on the horizon is always Taiwan. Uh, right. And what the threat is to there and our ability to react to that. You know, I was interested yesterday. I uh, I teach college, as people know, I think. And I teach a lot of international students. The university I'm at draws students from all over the world, the Middle East, uh, South America, so so forth. And one of the international students asked me a good question. I thought, he said, why is the position of speaker so important? Why, why is there so much attention given to this? And, and I think that's a fair question. And there are a number of reasons. The Constitution does not specify that many positions uh, in the legislature. I mean, in my memory, maybe there are more that I'm not thinking of. It specifies the president pro tem of, of the Senate, that that will exist. It says that an executive branch person, the vice president, will be the president of, of the Senate, both largely ceremonial roles. But it specifies the election of, of a speaker. And through later amendment, we have placed it uh, in the succession uh, to the presidency I'm never sure how to say this. Some people say third in line, counting the president. I think maybe second in line, vice president one, and then the speaker two. So this is a very, very, very high position. And so the the struggles on who that should be and the fears that people like you and I have about the possibility of Jim Jordan, uh, a man, uh, a congressman, who has never had his name sponsoring a bill that passed in, what is it, like 15, 17 years that he's been in Congress, who's shown no ability to compromise, to build uh, cooperation, 
all of which is part of what the speaker does. And he's an insurrectionist. I mean, he was part of the plot. He was talking to Trump on January 6th, and he's still an election denier. So how do you make someone a constitutional officer who is committed to blowing up the Constitution? It's the same way that people talk about how can you vote for Trump when he's saying, I want to rip up the Constitution. I mean, we're not a monarchy. We're a constitutional republic. And we revere our Constitution. It's one of the, the um, most, um, it's a word to say that, you know, like kind of um, like the well thought out governing documents ever created by human beings. It has its flaws, as we know, and it's a product of its time. But nonetheless, as Americans, we really care about protecting the Constitution. And you have, you know, one guy trying to be the president, another guy trying to be the Speaker of the House, both constitutional offices who want to tear the thing up. And I think that's frightening. The other thing is with with um, Jordan, he is who he is, right? I don't know who he, he's not even like trying to be nice to get people to vote for him. He's just trying to bully people to vote for him. So if that happens, he has bullied himself into a job that he doesn't, he may want the job, but he doesn't want to do what the job requires, which is to bring everybody together, to work with Hakeem Jeffries, to work with Biden, to fund what needs to be funded, to uh, create legislation, to work for the future. He doesn't care about any of that, John. No, he doesn't care about it. he, and I, I was trying to think as you were explaining that about the Constitution, I was trying to think for him, for Donald Trump, what is the the power, the authority that they do appeal to in themselves? They, they would make you think that it's a Christian theology. They're both, I think, pretty cynical uh, about that. They kind of adopt that. There's a conservative ideology, I think, uh, that uh, Jordan, that, that pervades both an economic sense, but a culture war sense as well. But I think Jordan, throughout his career, has always seen himself as a warrior for that. And, you know, that strangely configured district that he represents, uh, that just kind of snakes its way through Ohio. That's what the people in those small towns want. Don't tax us if you do anything. Don't tax us. And let's get rid of people who are going to destroy the culture of the small town that we've been been used to. I guess that's what what well, his faith is, I suppose. I suppose. I mean, he's, you know, he sees himself as a fighter. He's a pugilist, right? And that's what Trump is, too. And his supporters, they love that. They want a fighter. But you wonder sometimes, what are they fighting for? And I think if, you know, they talk about America first, but I never really understand that because America first is that's America leading the world. What we've learned over the last week or 10 days is we lead with our soft power. We lead with our moral authority. You know, we lead when Joe Biden comes out strongly for Israel but still 
takes the position is, I'm going to help you make the right moral decisions, such a complicated situation, and he's not getting it completely right. But we know that his heart is in the right place, that he cares about all the human beings, or just regular people that happen to live in that corner of the world. And America First is not, you know, just we're going to fight to, you know, from white male Christianity. That's not what the United States is. And I think what's troubling people, you know, me and you included, is how do we present a position of power in the world if we don't have any moral authority? And that's what these people lack. And talking about both Bush and, and Bush, I'm sorry, George Bush, both Trump and, um, and Jordan. So I think what this, we're going to end this week without Jordan as the Speaker of the House, we're going to work some kind of deal with the Democrats to get this guy that who's acting, you know, the acting. Yeah, Pat, Pat McHenry. Yeah, yeah. That he, that he will be empowered to, to keep the doors open for, you know, for a year. And, um, and our, and, and Trump is diminished, as we said, and we're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But as I've always said, because you know, I'm such an optimist that the United States weathers these storms. We'll see, because just to talk about Biden for a second, um, I sure am glad he's president today and not Donald Trump. Oh my God. Yeah. And. (laughs) And as well to talk about Biden as we we wind up, Uh, you know, this I thought two days ago, yesterday at this time, uh, that this was going to be a great triumph for Joe Biden. And I mean, I was even thinking like Nobel Prize uh, kind of thing to sit down with the Arab leaders and and so forth and perhaps uh, avoid the depopulation of Gaza, those kind of things. Okay, that's not going to happen. Events turn different. Nevertheless, uh, I think, and I, I'm thinking about Lindsey Graham on uh, Meet the Press, who the words came out of his mouth, you know, I really have to praise President Biden. Not the crazies, not Matt Gates, but right-thinking Republicans, I think, do have to look and take much the same position you just took and said, the guy is giving his best effort to exert humanitarian, moral, strong leadership. Hold on with our good friend Israel, but do what he can to protect lives and protect peace in in the Middle East. And he even was willing to get on an airplane and fly there and put his body on the line for that. I think that's praiseworthy. I am too, and you know that international flights for an old guy are very tiring. I'm absolutely just, <laughs> even I, you if know, you're sleeping the whole time. I know because I'm an old guy, and <laughs> and and it gets tiring to do it. <laughs> I just doing a podcast tires me out. I may go t- go take a nap right now. Fortunately, they'll probably be holding the vote soon, and the vote. Eh, I, I'll stay awake for that because I like when somebody. Yells out, the Honorable Jim Jordan. And then you lo- see the look on the woman who does the tally, who's got kind of a resting bitch face anyway. Yeah, she's and like, she's whatever. Like, All you had to do was say Jordan, okay? 
Mr. <laughs> Smarty Pants Congressman. Okay. All, All right. right. Have a good Talk one. to you soon. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.